Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Sainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. <laughs> Catch something in your zipper there, Jamil? <clears throat> well, yeah, you know. Ah, yeah. When you got a lot down there, poking out all over the place, <laughs> you know. Then, information, uh, that's what we got. So, yeah, I got information poking out all over the place. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. My, my, uh, my Palmer. Uh... <laughs> Oh, when when was the last time I saw you? What was uh, JBF? Yeah, yeah, JBF. That's right, that's right. JBF. We uh, we were we were both there judging and and doing miscellany. Yep. Uh, yeah, tasting and, beers, uh, talking with friends. It's always a good time at JBF. Well, we're going to talk about JBF today. We're going to talk about judging at JBF. Yeah, and, I think uh, that'll be interesting. All the for people all to the, uh, find out more about. Yeah, people are always curious. You know, even uh, most of Especially uh, the uh, pro brewers, they ask, you know, what goes on there? What's you know, what's what's the true story? Yeah, and uh, we will reveal all. I think sounds good. Yeah, you know who else reveals all? <laughs> Our good friend John Blickman. Our good friend John Blickman. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he, you go to the website, and uh, there's there's a little spot you click on the website. You're gonna have to search around for it a little bit. I can tell you what page. So it's is on. John. Yeah. But you go around, you look at all the products, you click around on the website, and eventually you will see uh, all will be revealed to you, and uh, you'll see all the great equipment that they make, and uh, all the effort that they put into supporting homebrew and uh, making your brew day better. And you will understand why we're all so very proud of our good friend John Blickman and what they've done at Blickman Engineering. So check it out, yeah. BlickmanEngineering.com. And people have asked. Oh, you say send them an email and tell them how much you appreciate their support. Uh, but what email address do I use? And you can use uh, feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com. That's Blickman with a B and some G's. C-H and, and two N's. There you go. Engineering.com. Well, and uh, I also wanted to mention there is coming up the New Zealand uh, homebrew oh, yeah. uh, conference. Coming up in uh, 2016, this is going to be March 18th, 19th, and 20th of 2016. It's in Nelson, New Zealand. Uh, the website is www.nzhc.nz. So New Zealand Homebrewconference.nz.new Zealand. There you go. And uh, only $75 New Zealand. That's That's like 75 cents in U.S. money, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think they're that bad off. Oh, no? no? No. All right. Yeah, flight there is only like 50 bucks. Ah, it's cheap. Good. Yeah, everybody wow. should go. 
And uh, all you people who are in Australia, you go over there. All you people who are in New Zealand, uh, support this thing. You know, at 75 bucks, it's uh, kind of a crowdfunding thing they're going to start uh, on the 1st of November. And limited early bird tickets. And uh, if all the New Zealand homebrewers go to this thing, it's something that uh, they'll be able to do, uh, you know, uh, every other year or every year. Who knows? Uh, just, I'm planning just on going. It, uh, you're going you're gonna to be there. Yeah. All right. John's going to be there. I'm not. I heard Tasty's going to be there. Tasty's going to be there. He told me at your uh, homebrew rally that he's going to this conference. I did? Yeah. Uh, he did. Oh, he did. Tasty did. Oh, yeah. okay. So I don't know how he worked that out, but Tasty's going too. There you go. Excellent. Well, you get Tasty. You got Palmer. Uh, me, I'm going to be working on our expansion of our, our brewery, so I won't be there, but uh, I'd love to go. Maybe I'll go to one of the future ones. So you better make this uh, better make this a happening event uh, so I can go later on. I'll go on a, in a future year. Yeah, there you go. There you go. When you missed the rally, we had the AHA rally at the brewery. Yeah, that must have been fun. It was, it was a great, great time. The homebrewers yeah, come out. Too. We have a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, people are just, just wonderful. It's, it's hanging out and it reminded me so much of just hanging out like in your garage Hmm. and the neighbors come over and your friends come over and you're all standing around the kegerator drinking. Yeah. It just reminded me of that. It was a lot like that. That's really what it seemed like to me. It was just hanging out, plenty of good beer, plenty of good people to talk to. Yeah. Just had a good old time. Well, also because you got like weird stuff sitting around your garage too. It feels like a garage. Like, there's an old washing machine in the corner. <laughs> right. There's a boat sitting there. <laughs> yeah, right in the brewery. So that, I think that added to that feel. Yes. Uh, yes. No, it was cool. And you gave away uh, wort to 200 home brewers, I think, yes. so they could go home and ferment it. Right, and the yeast. Why? We, so the wort uh, brewer supply group pr- provided the grains and the hops. We made the wort. Uh, White Labs provided yeast for everybody. Yeah. A bunch of different kinds of yeast. And um, uh, Lamont, the water kit people, they gave a, we gave away a Lamont water test kit. Yeah. The Brewers Association, we gave away a bunch of books. And um, we gave away, every everyone left with a six-pack of our Evil Twin cans. I took two. <laughs> but uh, thanks for that. Sure, sure. <laughs> and then uh, everybody got uh, a couple of free beers when they got there. Yeah. And then uh, that was just just a good old time. And then folks are all bringing back that wort for a homebrew competition, right? That's right. Uh, it's That's November pretty cool. Fourteenth, I think we're going to judge the the results of people's brewing, and then we've got another Lamotte, the Pro, or, or we got the Plus kit. It's the Lamotte water kit with the pH meter in it. We're going to give that away, and then we got some other prizes from uh, uh, like more beer and uh, oh, and there was malt that BSG gave away too. We had oh, yeah. little, nice. little bags of a. Uh, a new Simpsons crystal malt that was being given away. Yeah. Palmer, I'm telling you that this AHA rally set the bar for all future rallies. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it. Homebrewers got yeah. so much stuff. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, next year to make it even more garage-like, like yeah. everybody could send Jamil like a stuffed animal head to hang in there. <laughs> yes. Is that what your garage looks like? Do you have like a <laughs> plastic sheeting on the walls in case there's some spillage or some sprayage? Is that what you got uh, going on there? No, I've got mostly shelves full of craft stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Paint, spray right. paint. Chain yeah. mail. Right. Yeah. Weird stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a wart chiller over there. Baseball bat. <laughs> He's in there now. Stainless <laughs> steel tubing, copper tubing, two bicycles. Dead hooker. Yeah, dead, dead cat. <laughs> um, All oh, right. there's my beer. There you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, speaking of beer, let's do this. Let's take a uh, short break. When we come back, uh, we're going to be talking about uh judging at GABF John and I both uh, judge at GABF and and we wanted to kind of fill people in on what happens there and maybe some secrets for uh entrance uh yep. to to do that and maybe also how people can sign up to judge at GABF right right okay we'll be back right after this Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high-temperature march pump, and either a top-tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, the forum, the Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a Certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. 
to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. So, John, uh, how many years have you judged GABF now? A grand total of two. Two. That was your second year. Yeah, I, I've yeah. done maybe, I don't know, maybe eight. Okay. Um, it's been a while. Yeah. And uh, uh, do you how, feel it's changed much over the years, or? Um, no, it's it's staying pretty much the same. They make little tweaks to it every year. Mm-hmm. Um, it is getting to be a bit more. Bit more work now because the number of entries keeps going up and the number yeah. of judges doesn't. Yeah. So they add more judges, but not as much as they add entries. So this yeah. this year it was three full days. It was, uh, you know, a Monday or a Wednesday uh, morning and afternoon session, a Thursday morning and afternoon session, then a Friday morning and afternoon session. Right. Plus you yeah. had to be there Tuesday for the orientation session. Right. So it's it's a serious commitment. Um. How did you become a a judge, John? At, well, yeah. I filled out the application form um, mm-hmm. on the um, the Great American Beer Festival uh, website, mm-hmm. and uh, this you know part of that application you, know, you fill out your judging experience and uh, and then get two um, two standing uh, judges to uh, vouch for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that that's you know good because uh, the, you know this is a high profile contest and uh, the Brewers Association I think takes it very seriously um, the integrity of the contest mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know when you see a macro brewer sweep the categories in light lager and you think ah you know but honestly the way the competition is run. Um, there are usually, you know, 40 entries in that category. And, you know, so it's not just the big brewers entering. It's some, also some microbrewers. Mm-hmm. And when you see, you know, a macrobrewer come out on top, you know, um, they, they really earned it. So, I mean, that, that kind of integrity is very important to the Brewers Association. Well, that's one of the things is, you know, they don't, uh, during orientation, they will tell you, you can't have your cell phone on. Right. Uh, during the judging. And so, uh, you know, anyone, you know, caught pulling their cell phone out during judging is, you know, hauled yeah, away so- in chains and uh, yeah. and beaten severely. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, the, the reason they give is for the integrity of the, the competition. Um, I don't know what you would do with your cell phone to, uh, <laughs> you know, it somehow change the result. But, uh, right. you know, if it was like you're going to ask somebody, oh, did you have a beer in that has, you know, passion fruit in it? Yeah, uh, I think I got your beer. Right. Then, I mean, wouldn't you just ask them that beforehand if you were planning on cheating on something? Yeah, I don't know. Seems seems a little odd. But, you know, that's they take it so seriously, like you're saying, that uh, that's one of the rules. So you fill out the form and then you get you get a couple of people to vouch for you. Yeah. Right. And so anybody out there that, uh, you know, for Gordon Strong, uh, I vouched for him. Uh And, uh, you know, he had to fill out the form, too. And and people say they're like, 
well, well, really, I mean, you had to like apply and wait, you know, they don't just like, oh, yeah. automatically wait. wave you in. It's like, nope, that's not how it works. Everybody goes through the exact same process. And I think, you know, that's good also because otherwise it seems like, you know, favoritism or something, no matter, right. no matter who some, somebody is, you know, it's the, everybody goes through the same process. Everybody gets on the same list and then, uh, you know, they select people from the list. And so yeah. sometimes it takes, you know, a few years before somebody, uh, you know, gets in to judge. Yeah, I had about an 18 or month or two year wait to get mm-hmm. finally start judging. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so here's what happens. You, you fill out this form. You get people to vouch for you. They review that and then they'll, I don't know what happens if they refuse you. Maybe they send you an email that says, sorry, you know, or, (laughs) or they send you an email that says you've been added to the list. Mm -hmm. And then when GABF rolls around, it's, they send it out like around May, I want to say, or, or April. Yeah, yeah, May, June. It's, it's several months before. Yeah, several months before the competition. They'll send you out uh, an email saying, hey, you know, you've been invited to judge GABF this year. Um, you know, here's the dates, here's, uh, locations, here's how to, you know, and you respond back and tell them whether you're going to judge or not. And then, uh, what they'll do is they'll, uh, after you've accepted, they will send you a, uh, uh, a list of the categories that are going to be judged and you list, you indicate your preference for each session saying, yeah, I like this. I don't like that. Oh, I've got entries in that or whatever yeah. it would be. Right. And some uh, some you have to recuse yourself from. Right. It, although um you know, if you're if you're with a commercial brewery and you've entered beers, then it autom- they automatically know because this happens after the this part happens after the the entries have already been submitted. Okay. Now, tell, tell us more about the entry process, Jamil. That may be interesting for some people. Right. Um, entry process, they, they send out a thing. The way it works now is it's like, uh, would you want to enter? <laughs> You're like, yes. If you were going to enter, how many beers would you enter? You know, one, two, three, four, five, or whatever it is. And you say, you know, you choose how many. And then they say, um, uh, would you also want a booth or not? And then, you know, you can say yes or no. And then you send that in and then you wait. And then, I don't know, it's like a month later or something. They, they send you back a thing saying, congratulations, you can enter, you know, four beers <laughs> and you have a booth or whatever. And so, uh, that's essentially how it works. And then you go in and you have a certain amount of days to enter in your beers like the categories that they're going into mm-hmm. and then uh, you submit that and how many uh, people you're going to have there, representatives for your booth and all that. How difficult is it to get a slot, you know, or to enter JBF? I mean, is there, or to get a booth? I mean, is it well, like on Big Bang Theory where they're sitting around hitting refresh on their computer screens or? That, that is, so it wasn't a problem for a number of years. And then, um, a few years ago, that's what happened. And if you did not sign up early, you were left out. And so people complained, 
you know, um, a lot of tiny breweries that, you know, they're, they're brewing like on a five gallon system. We're getting booze and breweries that everybody really wanted to see, uh, were not getting booze. So it was kind of messing mm-hmm. it up. So that happened like two years in a row. And that, and the, so that happened one year and then the next year. And they tell you in advance, they're going, okay, registration is going to open at this time on this day. And they tell you like a month in advance. And then they remind uh-huh. you like a couple of days before as well. And so me, I'm, I'm there, I'm ready. And, uh, you know, so I got, I got signed up each year, but you know, people didn't. And so they didn't like that. So then they went to a lottery system where you indicated whether you wanted a booth and then they kind of drew names out of a hat to see, uh, you know, who got booths. And then this last year, what they did was they took a lot more of the convention space. So they had a lot more room and could get a lot more booths. And then they also had another separate area that they, I think they charged more for and kind of a special area. Oh yeah. Okay. I remember that area. So meet the brewer area. Yeah. It got, got to be uh, a lot bigger. Well, and I, I would have signed up for the Meet the Brewer, but they said, oh, a brewer has to be present at the booth every minute that we're open. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be the only brewer there. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm really, you know, not going to be at the booth the whole time. And so I didn't sign up for that. I walked around there. There weren't brewers at those booths at all. I mean, some of them, some of the time had brewers, but no, they didn't have brewers at the booths all the time. So yeah. it's hard. A lot of the brewers are like yourselves are judging as well. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's in this, I mean, not that the two conflict, but it's just exhausting, you know, being, mm-hmm. you know, going through an entire day of judging and then you're right. standing behind a booth all evening. So yeah, for me, um, Wednesday night is like the only evening I have a little bit of time to do something. And then Thursday night, Friday night and Saturday, I'm, I'm busy. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't, really get a chance to do anything well all right so they they send you a thing saying yeah you're you're good to go you indicate what what categories you like or don't like and then but you don't get to choose your categories when you get to gabf on tuesday there's a a orientation session it's around five o'clock four or five o'clock goes till about six or seven and they talk they review all the the basics of what you should know and uh, you get your packet has all the things that you're judging. It has your your score sheets that you'll use. It has your tickets for special events. It has all that stuff in it. And um, sometimes they have an interesting speaker, or they'll have. Uh, I remember one year uh, a really interesting talk about perception and sounds and flavors and all sorts of stuff. I thought was really cool. Hmm. So they'll do something like that. And then uh, usually there's a. A gathering uh, later that evening where you go and um, uh, just for the judges and they have a bunch of food and yeah, uh, food and beer and uh, usually I don't go to that because I'm the only one who can get in and so instead of doing that I just go with the people I've I'm there at GABF with and hang out with them instead. So I always miss that, but I you know I I saw it like one year and Mm -hmm. I thought it was seemed pretty good. Yeah, it was, it's always fun. Right. And then you have to be ready to, to judge uh, Wednesday morning, like at 8.30. You got to be ready to roll. Yeah. And same thing, you know, Thursday morning, Friday morning. So you can't be out drinking real late. You got you to gotta be a responsible person and, uh, you know, get to bed early. 
And then they give you uh, free breakfast every morning, free lunch every morning. Um, it's all done at the Marriott there. And then you can get a free room for those nights uh, if you're willing to share with another judge. Or they'll pay for half of your room if you don't want to share with another judge. So that's pretty good, too. And then usually they have a free judge gift, which is something sort of beer-related. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, you show up Wednesday, and then you're you're sitting there uh, getting ready to judge with uh, a whole crowd of, crowd of peoples. Yeah. Now, there's like typically six people at a table, um, to, and then you kind of split up into two groups of three to do a flight. And so each, well, so each table does two flights. Mm-hmm. Very often. Right. And uh, so the three of you will judge a flight of, you know, anywhere from 9 to 15 beers. Um, you know, 15 if you're doing American Pale Ale or IPA categories. <laughs> right. Well, they won't do over 13, um, I believe, on uh, on any one group of judges, generally. Okay. They try and keep it down to around 10. So yeah. they, they, you know, they're getting in so many entries. What they'll do is... You divide up the table, and usually you're judging with two other people, and uh, someone's a table captain. And if it's a first round, uh, you write a score sheet for every beer. And you right. just write a score sheet for every beer. You go through, let's say you get 10 or 12 beers. You write a score sheet for each one. Nobody's talking. You're just working through them. And then you start discuss- when you're all done, everyone's done, you start discussing with your other two judges which ones you think are good enough to go on. And, um, I mean, there's always another round. So there's, I don't think there's anything. It's just one yeah. round. Um, so you, between the three of you, you're going to pick the top three beers to go on. And the others uh, get a, you know, sorry you didn't go on sheet. And the, your score sheets all get sca- stapled together. You fill out a sheet that says these three beers are going on. And then, so those are the only rounds you need to write score sheets for. And then there's right. second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round, depends on what it is. And what happens then is if you're judging a later round, uh, the beers will be brought out to you, and you don't have to write any score sheets. You take your own notes, you smell them, you taste them, and then between you and your other two judges, you decide which ones are going on to the next round. If you have a final round, you're deciding which ones are going to win. And right. usually for the final round, it's the full table. It's all six people that decide on the final round. Correct. Yep. That's been my experience, too. All right. Um, let's get into some of the nitty-gritty of it. Uh, let's take one more break. And when we come back, uh, let's get into you know, some, some, details, of, some, yeah. some details and some of the interesting things about judging in, in this, this manner uh, at GABF right after this. Beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology in beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craft 
craftbeer.com and click on Beer Styles to start the guide. Plus, enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com, the Brewers Banter blogs, beer education, how to host a beer tasting, and the invaluable Draft Quality Manual. Tons of great content that makes your beer better. Visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion, camaraderie, and creativity of the craft beer community. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. A few things happened 30 years ago. Arfanet migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit Visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at HopTech.com. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. This is Jamel Zanisha, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of Citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality homebrewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Know the three most important rules in brewing sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, sanitation. 
Monoclean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right. We're back. <sighs> yes. We are. I, I thought I thought I had a burp coming. Ugh. Oh, there it is. There's a little delayed action <laughs> on that one. I you know. I, I felt if I just talked and it was it would, coming, I you know, that would have turned into vomit. And Justin yeah. sitting here, he wouldn't have liked that. Oh, then there would have been a vomit parade. <laughs> it was close. It was close. But I had to I had to pause to make sure it did not come out with too much velocity because <laughs> there would have been something following it. Yes. So yeah. Speaking of uh velocity, no, uh the AHA rally. Did you know, John, that that AHA rally was completely free for a- no, AHA members? Yeah. I did not realize that. So if you're an AHA member and you went to that rally, you got five gallons of, of wort, uh, custom brewed uh, for you to just and the yeast to pitch in there and get five gallons of beer. You got some special crystal malts from Brewer Supply Group. You got a chance to win free free raffle. A bunch of books, shirts, uh, the Lamont water test kit. Um, then you got two two free beers, big beers. Uh, I mean, we were giving out like pints of the cherry sour. <laughs> oh wow! He uh, uh, and then uh, we had uh, the two the the six pack of uh, the the twin cans. You got it. You got that to take home. Uh, yeah. It was and all that for free. I think if you were to pay for something like that. You'd pay at least what thirty bucks, forty bucks. Oh yeah, an event like that. AHA member, you get it for free. So uh, I tell you, you can sign up for that. Go to the Brewing Network site, brewingnetwork.com, and then there is uh, uh, a AHA member link. You click on that, you sign up through that. A little portion gets back to the to the Brewing Network to help pay for shows like this, and the rest goes to the AHA. You help support the AHA. You get your your free rallies. You get uh, your member discount. You get Zymergy Magazine. You get, uh, uh, you know, there's a members-only session at GABF. There's, you know, a ton of stuff. Well, yeah. we're signing up. So do it today. Support the AHA. I, I do. I'm a lifetime member. And we hold the rallies because uh, I believe in the AHA. Me too. Well, there you go. Uh, all right. So back to GABF. Um so a lot of times people ask, uh, you know, what you judged or what, what time, oh, you know, uh, a lot of things about the actual judging process. Right. Now, how was your judging this, this year, John? I mean, what did, what did you judge? Did you, uh, I did, I did, um, three rounds, including the metal round of American Amber. Mm-hmm. And I did the same on Scottish. Mm-hmm. Um, I did uh, a couple of 
think I did one or two rounds of American Strong Pale Ale, which is kind of like, you know, the splitting the difference between American Pale Ale and American IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, robust Porter, Chili Beer, um, sour German Sour Beer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, quite a variety. I mean, every like you say, every day, you know, morning session, afternoon session. Um, sometimes, you know, different beers, uh, bet- you know, in the morning or in the afternoon, depending on which flights you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but of course, you've you've got um, you've got the GABF style guide, you know, as your right. as your working document. It's different than the BJCP guide. It is. They've got their yes. own kind of divisions and you know recommendations as to what is to style and what is not. Yeah. Yeah, they have they have basically have more categories, more styles in the GABF one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know a little little more narrowly defined. Um, so like you know the American Strong Pale Ale category, for instance, and uh, it, you know it, it helps because when you've got you know what, there was like what seven thousand entries this year uh, or six thousand eight hundred yeah, almost almost seven thousand yeah yeah I mean. Uh, you know, to if there was only eighty categories, you know, that's a nearly a thousand cat, you know beers per category, uh, or eight hundred per category. And mm-hmm. so you do you kind of need to break it down a little bit more to cover the variety mm-hmm. of commercial beers out there. Yeah, I I don't recall. People ask me, well, what did you judge? I'm like, I can't remember. As soon as I'm done, I can't remember. You know. <laughs> Uh, I remember while I'm judging, but after I'm done judging, it's it's gone. It's it's completely empty. I've got yeah. you know other data to hold in that space, so I I, I dump that that knowledge pretty quick. But yeah, you'll start off with, uh, and you sometimes you get categories that you you said you preferred. I mean, they'll try and do that, but right. um, sometimes you get stuff that you said you didn't like. You'll still get it anyways. Right, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, it works. Uh, you'll get, uh, you know, three flights per session generally. So your your first one is, is a lot of times the, the one where you got to write. And then you get two that you don't have to write. Mm-hmm. And then you'll you get lunch. And then uh, you'll get another three. So in each one of these, you're getting an average of at least 10 beers. So you're getting like 30 in the morning, 30 in the afternoon. And you do that for three days. So, yeah. you know, it's like 180 beers that you're judging. Yeah. At the like end of each day, tough. it's like, okay, done with beer. <laughs> right, yeah. I have, like, no interest in drinking beer, especially by the ounce after that. I'll yeah. drink a pint yeah. maybe, but I'm not yeah. going to drink an ounce of anything. Um, right. And then, you know, it's like, yeah, give me a gin and tonic. Give me a margarita. Give me anything <laughs> other than an ounce of beer. Yeah. And it makes it very hard to go around on the, the, the show floor Right. Because that's what they give you is an ounce of beer. It's like I've been drinking ounces of beer to <laughs> the point where I don't want ounces of beer. So that makes it a little tough. Um, but I do remember this year um, I got a chance to judge the final of the American IPA category. Oh, nice. So this was – there were five rounds, and it was 380-something beers, I want to say. Something like that. Okay, yeah. And uh, so we got six beers, and it had been through five rounds of judging before it got to us. And um, I'll say it, uh, you know, all those beers were really well made. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
you know, choosing the winners was kind of a little bit of, well, you know, this is a little bit more, you know, interesting than that. Or, you know, this is a little this way, this is a little that way. And, you know, just kind of down to the details of, you know, how many people like this one better than like this yeah. one? Because they were all well-made. And so it became kind of one of those things almost like, ah, you know, what's your preference? I found it very interesting. It seemed to me uh, all of them exhibited, you know, new hop character like mosaic and things like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, I think that that, that that made a big difference. I do notice that in a lot of beers and a lot of the earlier rounds of judging, um, I notice a lot of stale beer. And I notice some sour, buttery beer, things like that. Right. Uh, is that your experience as well, John? Yeah. I mean, especially first round, um, anything with an obvious flaw, you know, like a, even just a hint of diacetyl in a style that's you know says no diacetyl mm-hmm. okay that one's out of there you know right uh even even if it's you know even if it's a well if it's a nice drinking beer otherwise mm-hmm. you've got you know you've got 12 beers in front of you you've got a limit you've got to narrow it down to three so any obvious flaw is immediately out and you're you know you'll kind of go around the table and say you know what's what's the low-hanging fruit here and uh, you'll take out the toss the ones first, right? Well, and uh, I'll tell you this: you know, I I understand how you know brewers are passionate about their beer, and when they taste it, you know, it tastes great. They don't see a problem with it. But you got to also understand: you send your beers in, and I think it's you know six weeks or more between sending the beers in and them getting judged. Oh yeah. So if you have some sort of you know uh, contamination in there. That may not be apparent when you sent it in, but or maybe your packaging process. If you're filling a you know bottle off a faucet in your tap room, I guarantee you it's contaminated at that point, yeah. and it's going to sit six weeks, and we're going to taste it when we when we get the beer. Yeah, so you got to be real careful. Sour beers. That. Yeah, and um, you know, so you got to be you got to be hypercritical of of stuff like that. I'll I'll tell you, here's here's a good idea for you. If you got a beer, I, I think, uh, you know, there's Dr. Homebrew, and they generally are doing, uh, you know, homebrewers beers. It's a right. you know, show on the Brewing Network, Dr. Homebrew. <laughs> For those of you who have not been paying attention, uh, you could send your beers in there. You know, commercial, homebrew. I don't, I don't think they, they, they don't mind. Either one's fine, yeah. Either one. Yeah. They'll, they'll take your, your beer. You don't even have to say it's commercial if you want to be, you know. Uh, just say, oh, yeah, I'm Joe Blow, homebrewer from wherever, and send your commercial beer into them and let them judge it for you. You, you know, get a pre-check on it just to, to see uh, if they're picking up anything, maybe something that you're missing. I find that to be one of the most valuable things about competition is getting somebody to blindly check my beer and give me feedback on it, something that maybe I missed, something that I've become blind to. And I think that happens to all brewers. So, uh, you know, an opportunity like Dr. Homebrew, that's a, a good way to do it. You get, uh, you know, some serious uh, analysis and uh, some tips as well. That's a good point. Yeah. Dr. Homebrew on the uh, Brewing Network. Check it out. It's free. Um, I, had, you, I had some interesting cases in the uh, robust porter category I judged. Uh-huh. It was, uh, that was uh, I think that was the first round. So we were doing, you know, score sheets on those. And uh, but I probably had out of twelve beers, I probably had at least four 
that were in the wrong category. Hmm. You know, some that were clearly a brown porter, you know, whether by color or, or um, you know, flavor profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, robust porter is supposed to have a little bit of roast note to it, where, you know, brown porter is more uh, without the roast, but, you know, some caramel, some brown malt uh, kind of characters. Similar to a brown ale, but, you know, more, you know. And uh, and then I had some that were also clearly what I would call a foreign extra stout, where you had the roast character, but you had so much sweetness mm. um, backing it up mm-hmm. that it was really more in the foreign extra stout category. So um, good beers, but uh, those were eliminated for being in the wrong category. Mm-hmm. Yep. And well, and yeah, that, like that. that's another thing, you know, again, you know, Dr. Homebrew could help you out with that, or you can list a, you know, brewing with style. You could send your beers in there. Uh, we do all the different, uh, BJCP categories and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll actually pick a winner from, you know, commercial examples and homebrew examples. So you could send your beers in there and we can, you know, we can, uh, give you the, the lowdown on there, whether it's too style or not, um, you know, that's that's another interesting way of getting feedback on your beers. Yep. Um, <clears throat> did you have anything that uh, particularly st- – did you learn anything from this? Did you did you get anything that, uh, you know, kind of an aha moment from, from judging something this year? Well, um, I, I did the third round of Scottish Ales. Mm-hmm. Or, no, it was the second. Second and third of Scottish Ales. And that's not a style I routinely drink. I mean, and it's not a style a style that that a lot of you know craft brewers brew. It's not a very popular style, um, even though it's you know quite tasty. But um, yeah, it's not one I I get the chance to judge very often. So going into it, I'm looking at the style style guideline, you know, and reading it, and you know, tr- looking at the gravities, looking at the IBUs, looking at the malt description. You know, trying to get a real good picture of the flavor it should have, and um, but as you know, I commented to the table at large. You know, on a third round, it's like this is like pin the tail on the donkey. I mean, you've got you know nine good beers in front of you. You know, how do we pick the top three? They're so they're all so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's like one we eliminate. We eliminated because it was just a little too big compared to the others. Mm-hmm. So a little bit, you know, a little bit more of a of a what do you call it? A wee heavy than the uh, the eighty, mm-hmm. um, or sort of, yeah. And um, one was um, had a very nice roast character, um, but the roast character was a little too pronounced, almost more like an Irish red than a scottish mm-hmm. um and others were you know one was a little too sweet we felt the balance wasn't quite there um you know in terms of the ibus one was definitely hoppy mm-hmm. uh, hoppier than the rest so yeah i mean it was you know you, you you really work as a table and we had you know um we have the six of us um two of us were were uh english and so had uh, and and more experienced judges, so they had a little more experience with the style than I did. Um, but uh, you know, as a group, you kind of work down, you know, in talking through the guidelines, talking through the style, what you're tasting, what you're not tasting, mm-hmm. where you think the balance is. 
you know, to come up with uh, what you feel are the, you know, first, second, third uh, of that category. So mm-hmm. a, a very, a very rewarding, <laughs> a personally rewarding judging session. I've, I felt that I got a lot out of it, better understanding of the style. Um, I also felt that the contributions that I made to the group were were that were um, worthwhile and valued. So um, yeah, good good judging session, definitely. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Let's take another short break. When we come back, I am going to tell you what I got out of judging my aha moments, and also give you some tips for sending your beers into GABF right after this. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, they're amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift. When you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. heard about White Labs Pure Pitch Yeast. Pure Pitch is yeast grown right in its final packaging. That means yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. And White Labs Pure Pitch Yeast for homebrewers is now available to everyone at homebrew retailers nationwide. Easy to use, perfectly sized, and ready to pitch. White Labs yeast packaged using their FlexCell process ensures the purest yeast on the market. Visit whitelabs.com to learn more about Pure Pitch, Flex Cell technology, and how it's created. Then visit a homebrew retailer near you for your own perfectly sized package of Pure Pitch yeast. And you can say hello to your own little friend. www.whitelabs.com Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Oh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. to brew has never been so disgusting. 
This is Brew Strong. Hey, John. Hey. L- let me ask you a question. Okay. Are you getting enough? Yeah. I bet you'd love more, right? Oh, yes, of course. Well, AdamandEve.com wants to give you more. <laughs> I, I, I'd like them to give you as much as you'd take, but uh, with the proper offer code, they're going to give you 10 free gifts. First, really? 10? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go to AdamandEve.com, use the offer code Jamel, J A M I L. And first, you're going to get a, a sexy surprise for her. Second, you're going to get a specially selected toy for him. And then third, you're going to get a little something you both can enjoy. Can I catch fish with it? <laughs> I think I think one of them, if you tied a big string to it and oh, a hook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easy. Okay, cool. You, you could get some distance with that bad boy. Uh, plus, you're going to get six full-length adult movies on DVD. You get to choose your categories still. You get to... Get some uh, fine, uh, you know, uh, anal, Asian, amateur, uh, big rest, big butts, bi- bisexual, co-ed, uh, uh, you know, all the all the good good topics out there, all the good uh, categories. Republicans? Republicans. Um, and you're going to get uh, your free shipping on the entire order. That's your, your number 10 gift is uh, free shipping. So you go to adamandeve.com, you buy any one item. And, uh, you know, a sex toy, piece of lingerie, anything you want, and use the offer code Jamel, and then they're going to give you the uh, 10 free full-length adult movies on DVD. You get the, the, the surprise for her, you get the surprise for him, the surprise for both of you, all at adamandeve.com. Check it out. They use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com. All right. Uh, GABF Judging. So what was your what was your aha moment? Uh, well, I don't quite remember at this point, but <laughs> it's all a blur. But um, you know, I've had a number of them over the years, and a lot of times it's because I'm sitting with you know other quality judges. There's a lot of quality judges, people that really you know know their stuff, sitting down oh, to yeah. judge. Yeah, and so um, you know, there are times when they'll say something about a style or about a beer, and you're like, oh wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, I've learned something. I've, I've picked up, you know, so a piece of knowledge. Other times it's, you know, I'm, I'm judging, uh, you know, a, a special category or something like that, uh, where it might be a spice category or fruit category or something. And, you know, you get to, to taste a wide array of these beers. And sometimes people have, you know, great creativity and you're like, wow, that really does work in beer. You know, that fruit really works well yeah. in beer I, mm-hmm. I never thought of using that before so you can pick up knowledge like that and then sometimes uh you know it's it's just you know getting to sit and judge with somebody that you've uh, had a great deal of respect for and uh you know it's it's just a really really great great experience i've judged with a lot of wonderful people uh you know people that i've never gotten a chance to judge with in um uh, uh, previously, I mean, I've known Ray, Ray Daniels for, for quite a while. Never got to judge with him, but GABF I did. Cool. I know Matt Brittleson, never got to judge with him at GABF I did. Um, you know, Fal Allen, another you know great oh, yeah. person, never got to judge with him, but at GABF I did. So, and you see all these guys, you get to talk to them, you get to have lunch with them. Uh, it's a wonderful experience. And I think, 
you know, every time for me, it's an exhausting experience because I put everything into judging, you know, I want my analysis to be flawless. I want to really do everything I can to properly uh, judge the beers put in front of me. So uh, I take it very seriously and I put a lot of effort into it. And um, I think in return, it, it gives me a lot. I think I, I really gain a lot from uh, the experience. I think I become better at uh, judging beer. I think I become better at, uh, you know, everything. Yeah. I, I was at uh, a friend's place, poured me a beer. I tasted it. And the first thing I said was, you know, this is Fanala. There's, you know, wild yeast in this beer. It's like, really? Jackie's like, uh, you know, he believed me, but, you know, I wasn't really sure. Um, but sure enough, lab tests showed that there was wild yeast in there. And uh, even the lab guys were like, I don't smell anything. I don't taste anything. I'm like, it's in there. I can tell you. And I've, I've just become so attuned to picking up phenols. Right. You can you can hop it however you want. You can put whatever you want in it. I'll pick it up. You know, you just can't mask it anymore. You know, you 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 get so in tune with this. If you, it's it's like a you know kind of muscle that you you exercise judging. And the more you do it, the more. You know what uh, you effort you put into it, and the more good people you judge with, the better you get at it. You know, it's one of those things where experience really does pay off. That's true. Well, and I want to give some some tips to people that are entering in competition, and especially a competition where um, you know a lot of people are shipping their entries. Uh, the entries have to sit for quite a bit of time because they need a lot of time to sort through them all, get all the you know categories lined up, get all the judges. I mean, when you're doing seven thousand beers in those three days, you know they got to get them in early, you know, in order to to do this. So here's a couple of tips. One is uh, staling. Don't package your beer with a lot of oxygen. I mean, either it needs to be like bottle conditioned, or it needs to be uh, you know, packaged with very low oxygen pickup. And the only way you're really going to know how to do that is, you know, if you've got, you know, the ability to measure oxygen of the parts per billion. Uh, but that's, you know, one of the most common flaws I found on beers were uh, they were stale. You yeah. know, they just exhibit signs of staling. The second one was the contamination. You know, make sure everything's clean. You know, uh, make sure that... Uh, you're not picking up any contamination by or oxidation by the way you're packaging. When you have packaged, uh, package an extra bottle or can or whatever uh, for you. Let it leave it out at room temperature until the the judging happens, and then you can taste it then, or you can taste it when you get your notes back from the competition, and see, you know, what you think of it then. If you think your beer is less of a beer at that point, well, you know, that's what the judges are getting. And maybe that's, you know, a sign to you that you need to change some of your practices to, you know, uh, send in better better entries. Yeah, that's a really good point. Right. And, you know, a lot of times people will send them in and then they don't have the beer uh, for later. And, you know, it makes it, makes it very difficult to... Uh, you know, you'll look at these notes and go, oh, these people didn't know what they're talking about. Well, you, are you tasting the same beer they tasted? You know, a lot of times you're not. 
So uh, I would I would highly suggest people do that. Do you have any tips for people about the competition, John? Um, one thing I, I talked about with a couple of fellow judges there was that I felt we were getting better at you know uh, judging to the middle of the category um, than you know previously, not necessarily previous you know past years at the JBF, but just in general in in judging beer over the last you know ten fifteen years. Um, we've got more and more, you know, experienced judges now. And, uh, I think, I think as a group, we're better able to judge, you know, where a beer sits in terms of its ABV, you know, where it's bitterness, it's color, you know, and I think in times past, a, a brewer may have been tempted to enter a bigger beer mm-hmm. into a category. Push the category. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, to you know, to make the judges sit up and take notice of this beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think these days, you know, the judges are better able to identify that beer as being an outlier. Mm-hmm. And chances are it won't do as well in that category mm-hmm. because it's you know it's on the edge good point john um, yeah yeah i would i would agree with that all right i would tell you all um if you uh have an interest in judging absolutely go sign up for for gabf judging um you know get get some judges to uh you know uh sponsor you or you know uh, uh fill out the recommendation for you and and go to it. I think it's a great learning experience. It is a lot of hard work, but uh, I think it's work, work worth doing. And you know our, our, our saying here at the Brewing Network, if it's worth doing at all, it's worth at least doing half doing of it. Doing half of it. Yeah. <laughs> or getting somebody else to do the work for you. Yes. That's, that's our motto. All right. If you like our motto, if you like the Brewing Network, make sure to check out our sponsors. Check out BlickmanEngineering.com. Send them an email, feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com. Tell them how much you like the show and how much uh, you appreciate them paying for it. Sign up for the AHA through the Brewing Network uh, site. There's various little things you can do to help uh, keep this stuff on the air. Uh, you know, Buy yourself a new hoodie. Uh, winter's coming, and uh, they got some great ones on the Brewing Network store. So check it out, BrewingNetwork.com slash store. Anything you buy there goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and helps keep pro- programming like this on the air and uh where would you be without us probably be listening to something funny or something educational why would you do that when you could do this instead all right until then everybody brew strong brew strong everyone